Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me again for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. Well, I'm recording this a few weeks before uh, you will actually hear it. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, we won't all be having to stay at home again. But as I'm recording it, uh, I'm actually recording it on April the 3rd. We're all in our country, at least, or most all of us are staying at home most of the time. What can you do when you stay home? Well, there are four of us in our household, three generations, and we found lots of fun things to do. We have school at home, and the three of us adults take turns teaching a 14-year-old who probably knows more than we do about a lot of things. We play some games. We've had projects around the house. We've been working in the yard, you know, different things like that. Watch movies, of course. But you get a little stir crazy after a while, don't you? What can you do when you have to stay home? Well, you know, Jesus has experience uh, with that kind of thing. I want to take you back about 2,000 years ago. Jesus loved people, and he loved being with people, and he hung out with people. As a matter of fact, he hung out with people that the uh, uppity-up religious leaders didn't think he should hang out with. He certainly didn't hang out with them. He hung out with people that they didn't think were fit to be hung out with. Well, one time, everything seemed fine in the area that Jesus was in. He and the disciples got on a boat. They went across the lake, and they got out of the boat. Right close to the shore there, there was a cemetery. And there were 10 cities in that area around there. It was called the Decapolis, 10 cities, you know, each within easy walking distance of each other. And everything seemed fine in that area of the country. Then almost instantly, 2,000 living beings died. Instantly, really. And instantly, some people lost their jobs and some people lost their entire livelihood. And fear gripped everybody in the area. Everything seemed fine until suddenly it wasn't. Here's what happened. Jesus and the disciples come ashore close to the cemetery, and a guy came out to meet him, a wild man who was naked and scary, certain that he hadn't shaved for a long, long time, had to be dirty, cuts on him, scabs, things like that. Things were not fine for him. They were for most people in the area, but not for him. We don't know his name. He's called the demoniac because he was possessed by a myriad of demons, a legion of demons. In the mirror translation of this, it says that a single unclean spirit is a false mindset, typical of a virus. It multiplies only in a host body. It starts with one unclean false thought. And if we take that thought instead of rejecting it, It multiplies. And that's apparently what had happened to this demoniac. He was possessed by a legion of unclean spirits or false mindsets. 
Let's take a look at what the text says in Luke chapter 8, verse 27. A local man approached Jesus. He was harassed by demons for many years. He lived amongst the tombs in the cemetery, naked and homeless. The demons would often seize him. Then people would tie him down with chains and fetters while guarding over him. But he would frequently break out, and the demons would forcibly drive him into remote places. Things were not fine for this man. Well, the people saw a wild, crazy, demon-possessed man. But Jesus saw something different. Jesus knew the real man. He knew who God had made him to be, because Jesus, God himself, made him. He knew what he was really like to the core of his being. And he knew that the man simply wasn't in his right mindset. He was literally infected with a false mindset, multiple false mindsets. So Jesus spoke to the false mindset to the demons and told them to leave the guy. And he sent the demons into a herd of 2,000 pigs, and they instantly ran into a lake and drowned. Now, at today's prices, that's about a million two hundred thousand dollars that the farmers who owned the pigs lost. And of course, the people who were tending the pigs lost their job because there were no pigs for them to tend to. And probably since it happened on their watch, who knows what might have happened to it. It was a catastrophe. All the other farmers, ranchers in the area were scared to death. And they should be because, you know, something like that, (laughs) it had never happened before. It doesn't normally happen. Just like what's happening in the world today with the coronavirus. And a lot of people are scared. Well, Jesus knew the farmers could get more pigs that, uh, Resources are never a problem with Jesus. But he also knew the most important thing was this guy couldn't do anything himself to get rid of the demonic mindset. So in Luke 8, 34 to 39, the rest of the story goes, those tending the pigs ran for their lives and spread the news everywhere in the towns and farms. Many people responded and went out to see what had happened. They were awestruck when they saw the man freed from demons clothed, and his mind fully restored. And he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's a phrase they used in those days where uh, when people had a teacher, a rabbi, a spiritual teacher, they would sit at the rabbi's feet and listen as he taught. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus. He was free from the evil false mindset that was a virus in him. He was clothed. And that's also a metaphor for the fact that he was closed with the right standing or the righteousness of Christ. He was with Jesus, listening to Jesus, sitting at his feet. His life instantly changed. Well, those who witnessed the event told everybody about how this demon-possessed man was rescued. And the people were so excited for the man. They threw a huge party, got a band, had all kinds of food, music, and they praised God for healing him. Uh, No, they didn't do that. They apparently didn't give a rip about the guy who'd been healed from the most awful life you can imagine. Here's what says happened in verse 37 of Luke chapter 8. Then the entire population of that town, including the nine adjacent cities, begged Jesus to depart from them, for they were gripped with great fear. So he started to board the ship to return to Galilee. How about today? Are we focused on how our lives have been disrupted or the money maybe that we've lost or the opportunities we don't have to get together with people? Are we so focused on that so much that we 
maybe don't even rejoice and thank God for those who've been healed? I mean, I got to ask myself that question. The front page headline on our paper a couple of days ago in Lawrence, Kansas, where I live, says the governor has issued an order telling everyone to go home, to stay home, to stay inside. Now, of course, from a worldly standpoint, for society, from an economic standpoint, that's bad news. When you have to stay home, that's not good news. From a health standpoint, you know, it's the right thing to do right now. From a spiritual standpoint, and of course, everything is spiritual. Have you learned that yet? There's no secular and sacred. I mean, it's all spiritual. From a spiritual standpoint, going home is absolutely the right thing to do. Now, I want to show you from this scripture package, back to Luke chapter 8, verse, verse 38. The man who was delivered, who'd been sitting at Jesus' feet, the crazy man, the wild man, the possessed man, begged Jesus to take him with him. But Jesus sent him back with this instruction, go home, give a bold account to everyone of what God has done in you. I like how the mirror translation says that, what God has done in you. I think the uh, Passion Translation says it the same way. Give a bold account to everyone of what God has done in you, not to you, not for you, but in you. So he went and proclaimed throughout the entire city and the region everything that Jesus had done in him. In today's parlance, the guy was patient zero. He was the central figure of the event, and he begged Jesus to take him with him. He didn't want to stay where the fear was. People would, you know, they had always associated him as being a wild, crazy man. Now they were going to associate him as the person who was responsible for farmers losing 2,000 pigs. Everybody was going to be afraid of him, stay away from him. He didn't want to stay there. People didn't like him in the first place. And now this. Well, you know what Jesus told the guy? He said, go home. Give a bold account to everyone of what God has done in you. Well, that's exactly what he did. Now, we don't know this guy's name. Obviously, he had a name. And I understand from Brian Simmons that at the Vatican, in the records that they have there, they do have much more documented accounts of this story. And they have the name of the guy. And the record also shows that this man was an amazing man. There are documents that weren't circulated for years that tell us that this man did tell everyone and virtually everyone in those 10 cities in that area of the country believed in Jesus, started following Jesus, and this man was a tremendous evangelist and teacher. Now let that sink in. The man's life was changed by Jesus. He went home and told everybody about that. People who didn't like him, people who were scared of him, people who were angry with him, and their lives were changed too. So today with the COVID-19 virus, we're told to go home, stay in. What can you and I do when we go home? We can tell people how Jesus changed our lives. You can go home and do just what I'm doing right now. Get online, However it is, whether it's through an email or a text or a video or writing somebody a snail mail letter or a telephone call, whatever, you can encourage people and inspire people and tell them what's happened to you and is still happening. 
Now, I've never been one to go out and hand out tracts and all that kind of stuff. Certainly not in the old way of telling people how bad they were and how they could do what we said and say the magic words and poof, their life would be instantly changed for the better. No, I, you know, I'm not talking about that. What I am saying is listen to God, listen to Papa, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Just say, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? And he will speak to you. He will give you opportunities. They will show you who you can talk to in your home right now as we talk to each other at our house, who you can contact via social media or however you do that and give you opportunities to speak. Now, we're limited by the government where we can go now, but we can go home and be bold in telling people what God has done in us. There's another place we can go. We can go to heaven. Not when we die. Not No, no. Of course, we will. We'll go to that dimension. But I'm talking about right now. Anytime Jesus talked about the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, he was talking about life right then, right now. Heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is inside you. You can go inside. That's where we can go now. Jesus told a group of Pharisees, religious leaders that hated him, didn't like him, wanted to kill him, eventually did kill him. They said they were trying to badger him and trick him and stuff. And they said, well, when's the kingdom of heaven coming, the kingdom of God? Jesus said, it's not coming. It's inside of you already. You just don't know it. We can go inside because you know that the kingdom of heaven is in you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit live in you. We can go inside and hang out with the Trinity. One time, Jesus was doing a particularly hard teaching, and most everybody who was there started grumbling and left except for the 12 disciples. John 6, this story is there, and in verse 67, Jesus said, well, you you 12, you want to leave too? Peter spoke up and said, Lord, where would we go? No one but you gives us the revelation of the life of ages. We're fully convinced that you're the anointed one, the Christ, the son of the living God, and we believe in you. Jesus said earlier in that chapter, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. That which is of the natural realm is no help. But the words I speak to you are spirit and life. Of course, our routines have changed. Our physical lives have changed in that we can't go out and do the things we'd like to. But our real life, which is in Christ, hasn't changed and will never change. Our real life in Christ, one with Christ, is one with the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 3 verse 1 says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we're to yearn for all that is from above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tide of this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. Christ is your life, the Apostle Paul says, and as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are, will also be revealed, for you are one with him in glory, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So where can we go? We can go home, and we can go inside, in the kingdom of God that's in us. That is our real home. That's our eternal home. Paul wrote this another time to the church in Corinth, and he was going through some seriously hard times, and, you know, a lot of us are too. He says, no wonder we don't give up, for even though our outer person gradually wears out, 
Our inner being is being renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. Yeah, we don't stick our head in the sand. We don't pretend that the virus is not here and our lives have been changed. But rather than focusing on that, rather than dwelling on that, rather than worrying, being angry and upset and all of those kinds of things, we focus on what is unseen, eternal, and inside of us. The kingdom of God is in you, and it's a really good place, the best place there is. It's filled with right standing with God, being clothed with the righteousness of Christ like the demoniac was. He was right with God. It's filled with peace and joy. Romans 14, 17, and 19 says the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of rules about food and drinks, not religious stuff. It's the realm of the Holy Spirit filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. Serving the anointed one by walking in these kingdom realities is beautiful to God and earns the respect of others. So then, Paul says, make it your top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. That's what we can do when we go home, when we are home. We can strengthen and encourage one another, and we can strengthen and encourage other people via the telephone and email, and text, and social media. We have all these opportunities now. So who is there in the kingdom of God in you? The Trinity, Jesus, Papa, and the Holy Spirit. What are they doing there? They're celebrating, and they're communicating to you. They're reminding you that you're free, that you're right with God, that you are in Christ, and Christ is in you. Who else is there inside of you? The great cloud of witnesses. Who else is there? Everyone. We are one with everyone. Most people don't know that, but you do. You do now because I just told you. Where can you go? You can go home. We can go inside. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. I'll see you next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.